You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to BNI, the Australian Story. Today is episode 12. My name is Veronica, and once again, we're here with our Executive Director, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hello, Veronica. Hello, everyone. Great to be here again. Well, another week into lockdown, and uh, we've got another fantastic, value-packed episode for everyone today. But once again, for anyone who is listening, BNI Australia is built on powerful and collaborative business relationships, which are an essential part of any credible marketing strategy. And BNI Australia is the premier business networking organisation. Our service is designed to offer members the opportunity to create business relationships, share ideas, contacts, and most importantly, business referrals. And of course, through referrals today, we have another fantastic guest, Brent, from Melbourne. Would you like to uh, introduce Serena for us? So I'm really happy to have this fantastic, fantastically talented lady on the program today. I have a great deal of respect for Sarita. And uh, we have Sarita uh, Johan from SJ Coaching, and she's in Melbourne. She's an area director under BNI Melbourne Central under uh, Braith Bampton, and it's great to have her here. So welcome, Sarita. Thank you very much for having me. I was super excited. <laughs> and, and my, my apologies. I said Serena. I meant Sarita. My apologies. I'm also being human today. <laughs> I did not even pick up on that. Oh, that's all right. Steve can edit that out. That's okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, get back to a little bit of professionalism here. That will be great. So, um, as we ask all our guests, uh, Sarita, how do you find out about BNI and were you invited by anyone along? I found out about BNI through one of my coaches and she and I were working on getting my business started, which we had been doing for a couple of months. And we were looking at how to best spend my time, I guess. And she was part of a BNI chapter and she said, um, why don't you go out and, and see what it's like? Yep. And so I joined myself. <laughs> <laughs> so which chapter did you end up joining? And that was about six years ago, I believe. Yeah, a little bit over six years ago. It was BNI City Business. Oh, um, City Business. Yeah. Okay, so when you went to that chapter, what was the catalyst that made you want to actually be a part of that group? Initially, I couldn't really put my finger on it because to me it's, it looked like any other networking event that I'd been to, other than that I did notice that there was a structured agenda, which I really liked. And it was very specific. And I think intuitively, the group was only 17 at the time. I just went like, I think I found my people. Sounds really weird. But that's the, the sense I got when I entered. And people were very open and interested in who I was. And I went like, wow, I have not experienced this before. Wow. So you actually joined a 17-member chapter. I did, yes. Wow, that's a, that's amazing because a lot of people, I'll say a 17-member chapter or something, and they're not really interested because they don't see the, uh, you know, they don't see past the actual size of the chapter. They don't see the people. They don't see the relationships they could possibly form. 
Whereas, uh, you know, when they go into a room with 35, 40 people, you know, they're absolutely blown away by that and the business being done. So, uh, obviously, were you able to actually grow that chapter from the help grow that chapter? Yes, uh, that was, I guess that was without even knowing what was going to be ahead of um, the, the journey, I guess. It, um, it turned out, I was, I think I was very hungry. I was hungry to learn, hungry to grow not only my business, but the opportunity to actually help others excited me quite a bit. So I was one of those members that put their hand up for everything. So this is the host I was in. Uh, <laughs> you want to do education? Yeah, I'll do it. Um, you want to speak extra? Yeah, you know, give me some airtime. And soon after that, I was asked to become president, which was like, whoa, was only six months in. And I was really, we had a really good president um, before and I just went like, how am I going to fill these shoes? And, you know, I'm not, you know, probably going to do a good job. Who am I to stand in front of a room and, you know, lead people? And by then we were 21 members. And so I went like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I remember the first day I was doing, um, I was being president, I was sick. I, I think I went to the toilet three times. <laughs> I could, my mouth was getting dry, you know, I was just so, brave was in the room and I went like, oh my God, you know, how am I going to stand up? But you know what? I just went like, I'm here because I really want to make a difference and I want to grow this chapter. And very, um, I was very strategic about it. I've created an amazing team um, of people and they were doing all the heavy lifting. I was really there to, to you know, put on a show, which... And so over a period of 12 months, we grew it to 31 members. And wow. Yeah, we went from 500,000 in close business to 2.1 million. Wow. And it was just such, it was such a celebration, you know. It was like everybody had been part of that. And, and that for me was like, oh, my God, B&I is just, you know, the possibility is just incredible. So we sell that we tell everyone like add ten members and quadruple your income and people don't believe us but we yeah. see so many instances yeah. where it actually where it actually does happen and and you'd probably notice as a as an area director and V being a BNI ambassador now you get some people within BNI and you think you know BNI's been waiting for you for all this time because you're mm. just such a perfect fit into what we do. And some people come along, you go, wow, yeah, this person's made for B&I or, or B&I's been looking for this person or vice versa, and now they've actually found a home there. And I love it when I yeah. can see that sort of happening. And those people end up being leaders of the group and help drive the, that group forward because they get it and they've been looking for something like that for so long. And I see it happen so often. And I've actually, I've got a startup group at the moment and there's a couple of people in there you think, yeah, you know, it just turned up, and you think, "Wow, you've just made for being high," you know. And you start thinking, "Well, they're going to be future leaders. They're going to be future ambassadors. They're going to be future director consultants. Maybe even region owners, you know, down the track because they're such a good fit." So, um, your life wasn't all going to plan around this time either. <laughs> no, it's actually interesting because what is happening right now happened to me probably around 2009, where not just, you know, uh, physically I snapped my femur, spontaneously got up and it snapped. Um, mentally, I was not in a good space. And financially, I went from having an amazing, wealthy life to that was thriving to basically survival mode. <clears throat> wow. So, yeah, it was... But I guess, you know, again, it's like that group of 17 people I, entered, I walked into the room with. 
it was that sense of there is an opportunity. Now, how do I, I can sit in there, which I did for a while and feel sorry for myself and blame the whole world of why I was actually there. Or my choice was to recreate something, not knowing what it was, but just giving it a go. And that was my whole thing, you know, that's my motto, give it a go. You don't have to be perfect, you know, be okay with the imperfection of it, just do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you had pretty low expectations when you first come in. People told you not to expect anything for six to 12 months. Yeah, exactly. And I just went like, well, I'm not so sure what I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to listen. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to work hard at whatever I need to work at. And I just want to really make this, you know, have an impact, not just on me, but on others around me. And that was just my main focus. Hmm. So uh, from this, you sort of took this opportunity and ran with it till, if I'm right, two-thirds of your business was coming from the group. Yes, it was. It was incredible. I just couldn't believe it. I remember one time I did a presentation, feature presentation, and I got seven referrals. <laughs> and I, and wow. I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is working. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, it sort of seems like you're a bit of a kid in the candy store as, uh, as, as what you were doing there. So um, this led on to being part of the management team in mm. Melbourne Central. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so I started off as an ambassador and just loved going into different groups. So I, I had two groups that I was looking after. And soon thereafter, um, Bryce tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, um, would you like to be a director consultant? And I'd been with BNI probably a year and a half. And I just felt it was very soon because, you know, there were people in there that had been there longer, more experienced. But then I looked at it and I went like, well, you know, it's an opportunity. Just see what you can find out, talk to other people, how are they doing it, create your own style and, and go and support. That's that's all you need to do. And that's what I did. And, and I loved it. I just loved being that. But again, it's like letting people do their own thing, guiding them, but allowing them to really step into their power and you know, every group has got a different culture and it's not going in there and telling people what to do. It's listening and, and then coming up with solutions that might help them to that next level. So I think that's actually a great segue, Sarita, into telling us a little bit about your business and what it is you actually do within BNI. Okay, great. Um, so I call myself a performance coach, but I don't like the word coach as much, but it's really about transforming people that are doing business. And I have a specific niche that I work in, and that is with dynamic duos. So that could be either people that are in partnerships, so either husband and wives or defector, or people that have business partnerships. And very specifically in that area, because I've got a lot of experience, I've had businesses all my life with my um, husband. And, you know, I learned a lot of stuff along the way. We had terrible businesses and very good businesses. And so now I've created like a five-step model that I use to help them navigate through that complex dynamic of living and working together. Yeah. Um, but even partnerships of two, you know, people, things change, um, conditions change. So how do you still create a, a dynamic um, outcome for both? Dynamic duos always think of Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is a bit like that, isn't it? <laughs> who's the boss, you know? It's that's not there. Like, who's, who's in charge, you know? Um, as long as your husband's not at home wearing tights and a cape. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually an interesting story because we're no longer romantically together, but we still do business together. So it just goes okay. to show that we, you know, we've had that concept of 
what that looks yeah. like. Being yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. fantastic! So, in your role as a uh, as someone who does uh, transitioning and uh, and and duo performance, etc., what would be some of your uh, things you'd like to talk about during this state of the economy and and state of play, where we're sort of delving into as as part of this uh, you know worldwide health um, issue yeah. we have right now. Look, I think there is a lot of external things we cannot control and what I specifically work on at the moment, um, rather than strategy only, it's really about the level of self-awareness. You know, where are people at? What is available to them? Because we are going through those three stages of shock, you know, neutral and new beginning and really allow them to navigate through that at their own pace. So... It's not sitting in the store, it's acknowledging, saying thank you very much for showing me this, but then what can we do next? Let's let's look at what's moving forward. Let's move away from the pain that we might be experiencing at the moment. And a lot of people that I've been talking to and working with, there is this real sense of loss and we need to be respectful um, on that one. But it doesn't mean we have to meet them at that level. We can show them that there might be a different way. So that's really my main focus. So I work in the space of emotional intelligence mainly, and that is, you know, how what can you control, and that is you, how you turn up and you show up on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely, oh, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, a lot of things are out of our control at the moment, and uh, as you say, the, the best thing we can control is how we react to it, mm-hmm. and how we how we actually do things in this environment as well, and how we perform. So. Um, since you've been in BNI, what's been some of the highlights you've had within our organisation? Um, look, there's there's so many, but the key ones that really stood out for me is the level of building relationships and the depth of it. I think before BNI, I underestimated the power of relationships. It was fishing with a really wide net, and now fishing with a you know a little bit of a smaller net, but getting some really good quality. Um, relation. And those relationships, you know, have continued on outside of work as well. I've got um, a group of four girlfriends, there's four of us. We met through B&I and we've since become so incredibly close to the point that we holiday together um, at least once a year where we kind of go to Bali. And, and those are things that I would have never, you know, been able to create without B&I. And secondly, of course, there is the commercial aspect of growing your business and but getting very, I guess, clear on where you are going and who you are in your business and being able to articulate that. That was something I really struggled with. Like, what do I do? You know, I'm a business coach. Well, that's not actually what I do. So it's about playing with your messaging, um, you know, asking for what you want within your group and having that trust, you know, that's just so incredibly unique you just I, I don't i can't think of any other place where i've been able to find it at that level fantastic so as a uh, as a person who's been in bni for six years now and very experienced and dealt with a lot of people through your role as um ambassador as director consultant and now area director mm-hmm. what would be one of your great tips to uh to share with us today or for people to achieve success within the BNI framework? 
it's showing up, turning up every time you get in the room or you get online now, it's obviously changed, is really turn up, you know, give it your best, um, give it your best shot. It's, it's um, I, I look at BNI when I used to be actively involved in the, in the chapter, it was like a turn up show every week. You know, I had to be at my best. I couldn't be half prepared. I couldn't go like, oh, what am I going to talk about three people in front of me? No, it was like game on. This is my airtime. So rather than seeing BNI as a separate, like a thing to do, a, another thing to add to my business, make it really part of your business. Really get that understanding and talk to people that are with BNI. The first thing I did, I remember yeah. people. One, someone that um, by the name of Liz Chase, she was incredible with inviting people. And I rang her up and I said, what is your secret? She goes, I just talk to everybody. <laughs> I just asked them to come along. And I went like, is that it? That's your secret sauce? And she went like, yeah. And I went like, okay. So I became a really good inviter. And the second thing was, you know, re refining my message. So I spoke to someone who was absolutely spot on and they told me the framework of how to ask for a good referral. So tap into what you've got. You know, it's being eyes just like what we see is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. For sure. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I tell a lot of people for B&I to work in your business, it needs to be a part of your business, not mm -hmm. something that's that you feel it's taking away from your business. And uh, I yeah, when I do uh, some trainings and big meetings, it's a bit of a trick I learned from a, another director overseas. And I say, okay, who took time out of their business to be here today? And people put their hand up and I say, well, this is not going to work for you straight off because you're treating it as you're taking time out of your business to do this when it should be a part of your business. Mm. And then the penny drops and people seem to get that. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I'm, Brent, you know I can talk the legal for chair and I'm, <laughs> I'm, listening, uh -huh. to, <laughs> I'm listening to everything that Sarita's saying and there's a, I've got so many notes here. I, I need to, we need to do a podcast just on Sarita. But That's what we're doing. I know, but it's just not long enough. It's not long enough. I just love some of the things that you've said are some of the things that I absolutely love about B&I, but I'm just going to pick one. Mm -hmm. And and this is um, something that I think I, I've been a president, I'm now an ambassador, and I'm very proud to be an ambassador, and I, and I love my journey in B&I, and I'm excited about where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. Walking into a room of 17 people, for me, I would have been excited by 17 people. And I noticed what Brent said, you know, normally it's 40 and seeing how much business is being done. And I think that the important thing for some people to hear today, to, to hear is that people perceive things very differently. For me, if I had have come into a room of 17 warm-hearted people, I wouldn't have even heard how much business they were doing. All I would have felt was the energy in the room. Now, 17 people in the BNI chapter is really in BNI terms considered a little bit on life support because that's low numbers. But for me, walking to a room of 17 people who really wanted me there and were really enthusiastic about me and my business and wanted to know about it, I wouldn't know any of that. So 17 or 40, it wouldn't matter. That's still a chapter worth joining and being invited to. So I guess what I'd just like to highlight today is that for you, walking to 17 people was reason enough to sit down and listen to the message and join. And I've been to chapters where there's been 45 and I felt like just a number mm -hmm. and they were doing amazing business, but I didn't hear it because all I felt was 
I don't belong here. I couldn't keep, you know, the the um, the trade sheet. I couldn't keep up with it. They were trying to be quite crafty with the things that they were doing and creative. And I just, it just none of it was making sense because they weren't sticking to the um, structure. And I think that if you could, when you get a group of 17 people in a room, whether they're on life support, if they're the right people and they're your people, you will join and you will be a, a, a very big part of that chapter becoming a success. Can I add and I just wanted to, to highlight that. Yeah, I just quickly want to add something to that because six years ago or six and a half years ago, we didn't have all the tools and systems we have right now. Yeah. I remember coming on board and someone saying, oh, this is your mentor, and all he said was, good luck with this, don't expect anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, just it's terrible, with, really. Yeah, just go with the flow. And I just went like, but it happened. <laughs> and I went, okay, go with the flow. Okay, so what do I do? But I noticed that over time we've become so much better at providing information and, and really amazing support that there is no reason why people can't be successful with MBI. Yeah. Um, it's that's the amazing thing. It's so much more than just, you know, networking. It's amazing how that actually coincides with our uh, with our CEO Graham Weimeller coming into the organization because he implemented a lot of these changes mm. of what we do now and and took a, a concept which was fantastic, how it went in theory and added the elements that we needed to to make it a whole lot better to what we are now. And if you're speaking to someone who, you know, may have left BNI six or seven years ago, it's a completely different organization now. To what it was then with the changes we've got in place with the resources we've got in place and i often say that our members are so they've never been so highly resourced to do yeah. business amongst each other in any time in our history as they are now and they've got the best time of everything and even during the situation we've got now for our organization to be able to switch straight into an online format to keep business going and to keep meeting is yeah. is something that you you know, it wouldn't have even been on our radar. Um, and in many cases, too, the, the BNI chapter has helped members who are struggling to pivot their business. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Where would those members be if they hadn't been part of the BNI chapter? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Sarita, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, before we sign off? Look, I think. Take the opportunity if you are in a BNI chapter or if you're wanting to join a BNI chapter, take the opportunity to check it out. It is an organization like none that I've ever experienced, and I've been in a lot of networking groups. Um, it's more than networking and referrals, it's building lifelong relationships, helping each other, really helping each other, giving each other a leg up and saying, hey, we're in this together, let's get through this together. And the people that are remaining and staying, they're the ones that are going to get to the other side in a much better prepared fashion than some of us who, you know, unfortunately will get in that um, state of fear and freeze up. So it's up to us as, as you know, leaders to help them to, you know, guide them and say, hey, guys, don't give up yet. Let's help you through this. Let's work together and give you that best new beginning that we possibly can. And I think that's really the power of, you know, that would be my message for today. Fantastic. Keep going. Just on a personal note, um, Sarita, I know that we spoke a little before we started the podcast today and you have a daughter living in Europe. And I know as a parent myself and, um, you know, not speaking for the others, but I'm sure other parents are listening, 
How are you coping as another human within this crisis, running a business and mm. also trying to um, take care of family that you're logistically nowhere near? Mm. It's a tough one. It's um, I'm not going to play it down. It's, 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 I am very grateful that we have technology that we can be almost talk daily, which we were doing anyway. It's um, it's the unknown, I guess. You know, it adds to that other level of layer of not knowing where this is going or where it's going to end. And that's very much the same with when will we see each other in the flesh. And but it's also, you know, again, you can sit in that and go like, oh my god, you know, what's going to happen? But I've chosen to look at it, and while she's safe, she's in good hands. She's got an yeah. amazing boyfriend. She's got a great business herself, and she's doing really, really well. And that's the most I can wish for as a mum, you know. They're not mine to have. <laughs> I've always yeah. used to say that they're not, you know, they're not yours. So they are doing the best they can with the tools they've got. And, um, yeah, I just wish them, you know, lots of health and, and that they stay safe. Thank yeah, you, Sarita. Is there, is there a website where people can get in touch with your business? Yeah, that'd be great. www.sjcoaching.com.au. That's where you can find me. Um, and I'm also very active on Facebook and Instagram, so you can find me there. I've noticed I've been watching a few of your videos you've been doing from, oh, uh, from isolation on, on Facebook. <laughs> you can some feedback later. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very, thank you very much for being with us today. It's been fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, Sarita, thank you. Brent, um, great job on getting us another fantastic guest to share the podcast with today. Where are you finding all these amazing people? I'm very well connected. <laughs> and maybe B&I has got something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This little thing called B&I we're a part of. Exactly. Yeah. We have so much um, value uh, in the podcast at the moment, and I know people are really enjoying them. Um, I actually had a question from one of our BNI members to you uh, for this week, and yes. that is regarding the online meetings. Now, the question was, should is it okay for a member during a meeting to mute their video uh, for a period of time while they maybe walk away from the screen or the main presentation is on? Um, or should their video be left on at all times so that um, the rest of the group can see them sitting there and watching the meeting? That's a very good question. I think we sort of covered this last week. And, uh, you know, if there's something happening behind you in your house and some things we can't control, like, uh, you know, people coming into the room unannounced or or, uh, or kids running in or dog barking or something, it's a really good idea to uh, to mute your audio or... Uh, well, it's a good idea to mute your audio when you're not actually speaking if it hasn't been done already by the host. But if you've got something coming into the room that you don't someone coming in the room that you don't want anyone to see, you know, you can, you can close off your video so people don't see that. Um, if you're doing it to actually, you know, multitask and do something else in the meeting to hide anything, it's not a real good look. But if you need to do it momentarily to, uh, you know, as needs be, um, yeah, it's, I'd say it's okay. It's good etiquette in the online meetings to actually do that, but don't, you know, don't do it to take a phone call or anything because you should be in the meeting and be a part of it. And people can actually see if you're, uh, you know, if you're in the meeting and paying attention. Yeah, I think that's great clarification around that. And thank you very much to our member who sent that message through via our Facebook page. Um, so, Brent, what is your tip for us this week in uh, Podcast 12? So I've got a tip around referrals this week. 
So, Veronica, if I said to you, what do you think is the most important thing uh, when you receive a referral that you need to do? What do you think is the most important thing that you need to do when you receive a referral? Well, I feel like it's a trick question straight away. And if I get it wrong, that's going to be worse than anybody else. But I'm going to say the first thing I need to do, um, um, I'm not sure which order I do it in. I'd probably contact the referral and then contact the referee immediately to let them know that I had received that and to thank them for it and let them know where it was at. So depending on which order I felt was the right thing to do, um, but it would be definitely one of those two would happen first. Well, it is a bit of a quick question, a trick question because there's a, quite a few <laughs> things you need to do. But I think the most important outcome when you res receive a referral from someone is to make the referral source look good. And right. that means following up in that timely manner. That means exceeding the person's expectations. And that means edifying the person who gave you the referral in front of them too. So all those things you can do that make the referral source look good if you make them look good in the eyes of their of their uh, contact, that'll encourage them to find you even more referrals. People will actually dr will draw more referrals through to you if you've made that person look good in front of their contacts and they'll feel obliged to find you more. So that's the tip for this week. Make the referral source look good. And I think that's a great tip because I know that even though we're online at the moment, there are still lots of referrals being made. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our business is is still very high. Um, if you looked at the figures uh, away from, and you, know, you wouldn't have really noticed from a normal month that we've been online for a month because those figures are still great coming through from the chapters. Yeah, yeah. Well, episode 12, once again, has been um, absolutely jam-packed with some, uh, some laughs, but some very good information for anyone who's tuned in. So thank you once again. If someone does have a question for Brent, or maybe you have a fantastic story you'd like to share with us at BNI The Australian Story, we would love to hear from you. So please contact us via our Facebook page and until the next episode, which comes out on Tuesday. Thank you, Steve, our producer, for taking care of business today. Thank you, Brent, for making sure that we've got some fantastic fantastic speakers and co-hosting and no also to Sarita for being such a wonderful guest and sharing so much um, value-packed information with all of our listeners. Thank you guys. It was great.